So, thank you for letting me interview you, Paul. I'm really excited about this. So, my first question is, why do you want to do this interview? Well, I'm always excited to share this story. Okay. Um, it resonates very powerfully with me in, in being a part of who I am. Okay. And I do everything now that's a true expression of that self that uh, has been created through a lot of work that I've done that's developed and, and emerged into this new version of me over the past few years is a uh, as you said, business maverick and okay. entrepreneur, as I call them, uh, and those that I deal with around the world internationally, is awesomepreneurs. So. Wonderful. First question then. How would you define a maverick? I would say the mavericks are the thought leaders and the visionaries, those who are driven to, to truly change the world. It may, may not be in a big capacity, but it may be in their capacity, their environments, their immediate communities, their networks, um, how are they sharing their gifts in a profound way that's making a difference in other people's lives. Wonderful. Very concise. Why do you think you're a maverick? Uh, I live and breathe what I just mentioned as much okay. as I can every single day, and I, I work hard to, uh, to help others, and I'm always living and working in the service of others. Okay. And, uh, you know, I would say what, what defines me as a maverick um, would be representative of the feedback that I get in the dealings that I have and the connections that I make and and where I see that progress where it's getting up every day and being so excited and overjoyed about what I get to do that day and the work is play and the play is work. Exactly. The London School of Economics developed a maverickism scale. I'm going to give you seven statements and you need to say true, false, can't decide. People tell me that I'm a maverick. True. I have a knack for getting things right when least expected. True. I have a way of solving problems which is different from other people. Definitely true. I'm much more productive than other people. True. <laughs> I have very unusual talents. Yeah, true. Yeah. I'm generally underestimated by people. I do things differently and better than most people when I work. True. Why do you do things differently, Paul? I do de things differently um, because it's unique to my own purpose. Okay. Uh, unique to my own structure and knowing uh, that frequency that I need to tune into uh, to be the best that I can be and really be that true, best, and most enhanced version of myself possible. Wonderful. So productivity for me comes through being effective in my own space and in my own uh, drive and direction that uh, feeds that core vision. Okay. Can you give me an example of what you do differently and how? Um, I base some of you know my activities and that around models that you know I've learned from others. Mm -hmm. um, I've always been a creator. I've always been someone who takes something like actually I'll give you an example of choreography or going to studios and doing classes and following maybe a dance class. Um, I've had some friends in that industry for quite a few years and brought me out to different classes. Okay. I'm the guy that uh, will sort of follow but then put his own twist on things. Okay. So I have a natural knack to just take something and try to make it my own. And it's it's difficult, I find, to get away from that. But, you know, for years maybe I've been battling that. And once yeah. I, I really tuned into that and found my my vision and my flow with knowing that in that flow I would grow, that that helped to enhance and, and really amplify everything that I was doing to allow me to 
you know, do things differently, but be my own uniqueness. Okay. But then allow me to um, take more action within that space. Okay. Good example. Is what you do equated to the bottom line or something else? Hmm. I would say it's equated to a grand vision mm-hmm. of where I'm trying to go. Okay. So I see the path and the journey and the destination. Right. Not necessarily looking at the bottom line as much. Okay. Uh, where it's more about the growth and the opportunity to um, help others and, and build that experience for them. Okay. Is any part of being a maverick to do with the autonomy, with having autonomy over your own life? Definitely. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. I think that freedom to, you know, have been traveling last year and be able to spend six weeks in Bali after the Osmos Fest event and mm. continue working from a laptop in yeah. beautiful cafes and beaches and, and having that capability just to, to run my own show and yeah. to do it from any part of the world and... And to, you know, you got to crack the whip on yourself, definitely. And that's, yeah. That's a key factor. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, it's, it's a very powerful experience and it's really changed my life. Okay. I found that freedom has, has freed my soul in a lot of ways. Wonderful. Does doing things differently require certain skills? And if so, what are they? So part of it, you've said crack the whip when you have to. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it, it definitely uh, requires the, the skill set to know what you're trying to accomplish, have that core vision in place, uh, know your origin myth, your basement story and where you come from, and um, you know, be very open with yourself and with others about what that is and why you're doing this. And then in the same sense, knowing that um, you know, going into each day, you've got to, like I said, crack the whip, you've got to be your own boss, and to do so, I mean, there's only certain personality types that uh, are capable of, mm. of holding on to that and being productive and being successful okay. in that space, because as an entrepreneur and, uh, you know, as someone who day-to-day is carrying, you know, so much weight, um, you know, you've got to be, be strong and, and be structured and, and have that strength to, to move forward and to do it at a pace that is going to be good for you, but good for the success of the business as Okay, well. okay. What are the challenges to being a maverick? Remember, this is all about mavericks in business. So what are the challenges? Uh, I would say the challenges are definitely um, you know, knowing what your core vision is and what your destination is and where you're going and mm-hmm. having something that is a true expression of, of who you are and what resonates with you in business as much okay. as it does in the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, because when you're working on something you're very passionate about, I mean, you can work all hours of the night and in a blink of an eye, which I do. Uh, because everything I do right now, I absolutely love and adore. Mm. Uh, people I work with, you know, the projects and the things that I'm working on. But what I've had to really focus on is honing that into keeping on path so that I don't falter off of that path yeah. or, you know, let my journey take me away when so many opportunities come at me from different yeah. directions. So, yes, there could be some multi-million dollar opportunity to start a business or to work with someone in a capacity that could be successful and you could see it as tying in and cross-pollinating that other business unit or entrepreneurial venture that you have, but unless it's actually in the same line and in alignment with that path and that core vision, it's really important that you don't falter off the path okay and that's easy to do so and that takes away from the productivity and kind of like yeah um, going into a kitchen and wanting to cook a fancy meal if you want to cook a bunch of main dishes at one time one of them is going to get burned okay that's a really good analogy actually Mm -hmm. 
What aspects of your character influence the Maverick approach, do you think? Uh, my drive, my mm. creativity, uh, my passion for what I do, and uh, just always wanting to do things differently and mm. you know, take my own unique approach to, to anything I take on okay. uh, within business or life. Do you think your childhood in any way impacted on you being a maverick? I would say so. Um, you know, I've, I come from a very structured family that uh, you know, has the 9 to 5 jobs and the retirement plans and the RSPs and the yeah. pension and this, that and the other. You know, my dad was a, a bus driver and my mom worked with special needs and as a counsellor and they're, they're amazing and a wonderful family and a lot of love. But uh, for me, it was always that unique not per se the ugly duckling, but the one that always kind of wanted to go a different direction. Swan. The swan, yeah, thank <laughs> yeah, you. Swan is swan much is better. Much better. <laughs> Trust me, honey, I was the ugly duckling. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Were your parents mavericks in no, any way? Definitely not. Okay. Mavericks, oh, we touched on this, mavericks often have unusual talents. What would you say yours are? Relative to business or just general? Relative to business and general. Okay. Sometimes I find there's an overlap, but yeah. I'd be interested. <laughs> well, it's standing in my head. I don't think it really overlaps into business that much. But, uh, I don't know, because if the competition to get a deal was who could stand on their head the longest, you just, you, just, <laughs> you just got the deal. Um, I, you know, like I've mentioned a few times, actually, I kind of put my own twist on things, and I find that I can very naturally uh, come up with an idea quickly. So mm -hmm. whether it's about, um, like I, I can intuitively get a sense about someone, have a conversation with them, talk about what they're trying to work on in a project or if it's branding or right. if it's restructuring or finding a new system to make them more efficient and just put a twist on it and, and tweak things. Give me an example of the last twist you had. Uh, the last, well, it was interesting actually. There's a kind of a funny one. So a friend of mine was asking, she was going to do a vegan cookbook. So she sent me a, a message and was saying, um, you know, she was trying to come up with a name. She wanted to throw a few ideas at me because mm. she know that, knew that we had uh, had conversations before and I was good with branding. And so she um, had sent that over to me and kind of noted a bit about the book. And then we were going to set up a time to talk about it. So quickly, you know, right off the cuff, a couple things come to my mind. And, you know, I, was, I looked online, I found a picture, and then I have an app on my phone where I can do um, like a meme. And so I actually took a picture of a monk feeding a tiger, and I titled it The Meatless Monk, and I sent it back to her as a joke. That's actually going to be the title of her book. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Lovely example. Okay. How would you describe your energy as a maverick? Uh, very high energy, kind of boundless energy sort of guy that can go all hours of the night mm -hmm. and still get up in the morning and have another wonderful day. And yeah kind of resilient to that and very positive. Um, I don't really believe in the glass half full, glass half empty. I fill my cup with optimistic integrity and it's full to the brim and overflowing so that I serve from the overflow because it's very important not to serve from your cup because then you're going to drain of yourself and if you're serving from your overflow you're always going to be full and capable of serving others in a more powerful way. That's really interesting because somebody once said to me, we was having this conversation about I will go back to the interview, but somebody mm. was talking about, um, we were having this conversation about the cup, cup being half empty, half full, and somebody went to you, except for you, your one's always overflowing. Mm. And that's the first time somebody's actually used that analogy in a way that's, that I can learn something from what you just said. 
Well, absolutely. It's it's so true. I mean, so many people, and I, I did it for years as well, um, you know, where I was, I've always been the giver, you know, of that energy. I've always been sharing with others, always wanting to make others experience, you know, more powerful, more yeah. grounded, more structured, happy, positive. And so I give of that. And for some years, I had some people in my life where they were kind of those energy vampires, you know, per se, where they're always draining of your energy because we, you're I was to having meet this conversation just yesterday really? <laughs> about how we have to make the. Um, somebody was saying exactly the same thing about how he had to grow up yeah. and realize that those ones you have to get rid of. You really do. And now, I mean, it's such an amazing difference in my life because I'm yeah. surrounded by people who are uplifting, mm. empowering. You know, I get messages every day from people around the world that are just sending me a message and be like, hey, I was thinking of you. And, you know, I just yeah. wanted to say, you know, you're wonderful or I look forward to connecting with you or something. Yeah. I mean, I get these little lights, these yeah. amazing, beautiful, burning bright lights that come at me from all yeah. different areas of my life. So Excellent. It's wonderful. Yeah. Okay. How do you see rules? Rules, that's a funny one. Rules are made to be broken. Okay. They can be, uh, but you know, there are certain rules. Uh, well, I would say there's a guidebook, mm-hmm. right, that you need to follow, and it's important to follow. But rules per se, I mean, uh, there's a lot of rules in this world, and pardon the language, but rules that stems from vision actually is something created, which is bullshit rules. And there's a lot of different factors in our lives and in business and in, uh, you know, coming from a heavy corporate background and working for a large $1.2 billion organization where there was these corporate policies that were feeding down from the top level um, to us where even to the point of dress code and saying that certain people in certain areas of the business had to wear certain outfits and clothing. And so it took away from you being able to go into a meeting and represent yourself in a way that, you know, Business and Sales 101, mm-hmm. mirroring. You know, yeah, this you is want to mirror, cookie cutter. You, want to, you go into an environment and, and produce a, of an area of comfort and build rapport and connect with someone. Well, if you come in there in a stuffy suit and they're wearing a t-shirt and jeans, I mean, you're this stuffy suit that just walked into the room. Mm-hmm. So you automatically got that representation. And as much as, you know, your personality, there's a lot of other factors in there, I think it's very important that not only myself going into a business environment uh, as well as them in the receiving end are going to um, be able to connect with each other in a different way. Okay. Generally, I would say rules are there to guide us. Yeah. But they're not something that, um, you know, need to to be in. That's it. Okay. If it's broken, then then you've gone against the grain of... Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Have you always taken a maverick approach to business or was there a particular trigger? Like you said you were in the corporate world, so I'm wondering... So uh, I would say for years that, you know, I've I've always taken a maverick approach, so coming up with unique ideas and trying to restructure things. I think that, um, you know, became a bit of a downfall a little bit in the corporate world because I was really striving to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And then I was hitting roadblocks and I was finding that there was all that red tape that sometimes couldn't even be cut, Mm. you know, and it was just uh, working for large organizations, being successful, but then just not truly being fulfilled. Yeah. And so for me, um, you know, I found that I I was really driving towards being a true maverick and being an entrepreneur. Mm. And until I took that leap of faith, uh, which actually happened because uh, when I was working for my last corporate job, corporate account executive, working on a national account, so being successful with them and 
uh, I spent six months working on a project where I developed three new revenue streams with some okay. partner uh, companies and providers that were going to supply um, you know, app development as well as mobile payment systems and then mobile work orders. So I created this really nice package and had all the projects and the clients to support it and to follow through. So when we were going to activate, and I'd been working with uh, my sales manager and a few people in my close uh, network within my organization, um, someone from the top level of uh, the company uh, had come and said that uh, it would actually only be a handshake referral. So I couldn't see any of the revenue that would be generated through that. I would just hope for another project to be handed to me from some of these companies I'd work with based on the new revenue streams that I developed. So that to me was the moment where I said, you know, okay, it's time to unleash and, and really take this leap of faith and unleash that. Uh, maverick and entrepreneur that was within me mm. and you know start taking my own path and following my core vision and so I, I took about a month and a month and a half to finally make the, the decision and take that step take that leap and when I did so I became an independent uh, you know a consultant mm. did effectively what I'd been doing before but under my own umbrella and it was the best thing ever happened to me because since then it's been nothing but growth and uh, a completely new journey and a new version of myself that I, I didn't know was possible. So Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Are you always a maverick or do you choose to be so at times? Hmm. I'm always a maverick at heart. Mm-hmm. I'm always a maverick in the actions that I take. Mm-hmm. I don't confide very easily, but I think there are definitely certain scenarios where it's important to do more of that mirroring or you know, into the situation okay. or to the person as well. Okay, so next question. Do you turn the, the maverickism level? Mm. Do you turn the dial up and down then? Yes. Okay. Can you give me an example of that? So you said there are certain situations yeah. with the mirroring. So give me an example when you've done that. Uh, I or another say, one. I would say, you know, with certain groups. So there's some business groups that I, I work with where they, they wear old hats. And, um, you know, you can only take someone so far if they don't have that drive or that yeah. passion themselves to make those changes. So it would kind of be baby steps okay. in certain business environments like that where um, in organizing, say I'm organizing an event with someone and mm. within the group I know that, you know, there's, there's going to be a limit to how far they want to go with changes because there is that fear of change quite a bit in a lot of people's lives especially in business as well Um, where if something is secure and that's what was tricky about getting out of the corporate world is the security and the foundation and the structure and you know knowing that you've always got that and you start Mm. fending for your own and that's when um, you have to take a lot of risks and a lot of chances mm. and some people aren't ready to take those risks. Yeah, so and some I, people will never be ready to take those risks. Yeah, and then others, you know, are, are willing to take that leap in a, in a moment mm. and a lot of the entrepreneurs I deal with around the world are in that space okay. and are also mavericks. Okay. Or if they're not, you know, a true maverick, they're on their path okay. to get there and so that's where I really turn it up and I show them by my actions or by my ideas and the opportunities that can be built and how they can get there as well. Okay. Is this choice to turn this dial up and down, is that a conscious choice or an unconscious choice? Conscious. What are the advantages and disadvantages of being a maverick in business? Advantages, it's always fresh and exciting. Yeah. It's always something um, you know, that drives you towards your passion. 
Uh, I feed, find it feeds me every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wake up in the morning and I'm so excited mm-hmm. about what I get to work on that day, or the projects, or the opportunities, the um, the journeys across the world, mm-hmm. and different projects I might be doing with others, or someone I get to connect with, the calls that I make, the, mm-hmm. the meetings that I have, um, the support that I have. You know, everything's really driving me towards that um, that core vision, and yeah. then. The disadvantages are that um, sometimes you hit those roadblocks sometimes, and there's going to be people who are very resistant to a maverick persona or to um, those idealisms of uh, you know making changes yeah. in business uh, because there's always there always may be a better way of doing things. It doesn't necessarily mean that someone's ready to, to make that change. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. Okay. Are there any situations where being a maverick is just positively harmful? Yeah, and I think it's up to the maverick to really understand and to be able to read the um, the the person or the environment and to understand you know when it may be harmful to that situation or to the opportunity or the growth yeah. of what the outcome might be. So if you don't see that there could be a positive result, then it's sometimes it's better just to you know allow it to be yeah that makes sense has asian experience altered your maverick approach and if so how um yeah definitely i mean in my younger days i did not know nearly what i know now mm-hmm. and i uh, didn't have the experience that i have now didn't have the the contacts and the network that is so supportive of of my growth and provides me with a lot of the tools and resources that allow me to, to be that true self and mm. true maverick, to allow me to to gain uh, from those experiences. So um, I would say that, yeah, before knowing what I know today, you know, if, if I was to take the same business approach, yeah. it would probably be a pretty big struggle for me. Okay, okay. Yeah. How have you grown as a maverick? What's the biggest difference in well, yourself? I'm still 5'7", I can't do much about that. Right. <laughs> okay. So, um, how have I grown as a maverick? I'd say it's it's allowed me to take those chances and those risks okay. and allowed me to uh, be open to the potential for failure in some business venture, which is growth. Yeah. And in each of those um, you know, challenges or any difficulties that may come along, uh, you know, every time I come out of that, it's allowed me to then take one step further and okay. to, to grow more uh, in business and in myself as an entrepreneur, as the maverick, as the, the person who is driving towards that success and is, is the person in the driver's seat, you know, right. to know that um, no matter what comes along, what kind of roadblocks or bumps in the road may be, then I'm still driving on that path. Okay. What aspects of your business are you most maverick in? Uh, my entrepreneurial adventures, uh, I would say, you know, the the work that I do with Awesomeness Fest and with Mind Valley and my international network, mm-hmm. any of the projects that I work on uh, with anybody from that, you know, core tribe that I have, uh, you know, that's where I'm really empowered to be a maverick because I'm dealing with mavericks. mavericks. Okay. <laughs> what aspects of your business are you least maverick in? 
I, I would say any administrative tasks and just yeah. the stuff where, you know, I keep saying it's time to hire an assistant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, it's really <laughs> funny. Finance and tax manager. comes up yeah. all the time. Finance does. I've yet to meet a maverick who's been able to find a way of maverickifying yeah. the tax system. What aspects of your life are you most maverick in, Paul? Um, I am very much a maverick uh, when it comes to my health and wellness and fitness. Mm. Um, which is something that I train and, and coach others on as well, in um, you know finding and tuning into your own frequency mm-hmm. and allowing you to uh, empower yourself to be truly limitless mm-hmm. and see that there is pure potential and and the the human potential itself is so so vast and mm-hmm. so much more powerful. Than Have you seen realize. the film Limitless? Yes. Right. Do you know? Do you know? So do I. Do you know when I watch it? That's my New Year's Eve film. Sets mm. me up for the whole year. Nice. Did you know there's actually a pill, NZT? Who wants to take the pill? I know. <laughs> we can be limitless. Completely exactly. agree with you. Yeah, you do meditation and, and get the same effect. What aspects of your life are you least maverick in? Uh, least maverick... I try to be more maverick with my family, but I can only go so far. Um, because, you know, there is that very structured background and way of doing things. Yeah. So generally, overall, with, with the family, you know, it only goes so far. You know, it took, it took some time before they accepted me even as being an entrepreneur. Exactly. Being a maverick. Right? Yeah. So um, there's that. And that's, I yeah. think, to me, that comes across as also being respectful of the fact that yeah. they're not mavericks. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's the whole, you know, analogy of speaking the same language as someone. Mm, Sometimes yeah. it really is like the Greek. You yeah, know, it is. It's difficult for them to understand. So, you know, I tend to, to modify and, and configure it in a way that is more receptive to them. But, uh, you know, in allowing them to see all the progress that I'm making, they, yeah. they absolutely love what I do. But yeah. it's still hard to understand and completely comprehend yeah. what it truly is and what it's about. Yeah, I have exactly the same with my partner. So it's quite interesting, you know. We were at um, a wedding in California, and most of my friends are pretty maverick, well, you know, far out. And um, at the wedding, after the dinner and whatever, it wasn't even a wedding, they're just having a party, they're going to get married in Copenhagen, right? Mm. And uh, the girls just jumped into the pool, fully clothed. Everybody jumped into the pool for the mm. Yeah, all the ones that were up for it. Yeah, up straight in there. Yeah, my boyfriend had to go and put his swimming trunks on before he would jump mm-hmm. into the pool. Whereas I just wanted to go hell bent for leather. Yeah, and but it's the respect that okay, it's okay. That's his way. This is my way, and yeah. it's cool. That's interesting. I have a yeah. I have a friend. Um, I've just really started to get to know, and it's a girl, and I actually really like her, and she's great, and we have a great relationship. But she has a boyfriend who. Mm. In a way, it's just not that match for her. Like she's she's got more of a maverick style persona mm. in the sense that she's just very free spirited, yeah. happy go lucky, and we have such good time just laughing and everything. And then he's very cut and dry, mm. and just a you know professional. Do you know um, what? Sometimes that works. That is, you just described my relationship. Mm. I don't think it works for her though. I think okay, okay. <laughs> um, shall I get him out of the way for you? Yeah. Okay. Right. How do you balance being a maverick with home life? Actually, I think you've kind of answered that question because that's mm. the thing about your family. Yeah. You know, it's that challenge of 
sharing. Well, I think uh, there's also another factor to it in brought in as a junior partner in right. the business as well. And, you know, this has been a very, very much a learning experience over the past few months and mm-hmm. seeing that um, he doesn't really understand the maverick or the entrepreneurial mindset at all yet. And so there have been some struggles and some difficulties that we're having in that he's not a big picture thinker. It comes from a background right. of... Um, you know, that's, you know, it's, I go and I do my job and then I've got this, uh, opportunity that I'm running with. And so he likes the structure, you know, of everything, yeah. but if there's anything that shifts or changes yeah. along the way where, you know, there's someone else that you're relying on or something doesn't get accomplished and then you have to make an adjustment, it's very difficult for to him, him to adjust. Yeah. yeah that makes but for sense. me, it's like just a natural way of doing yeah, things. Exactly. I'm quick on the fly right. and I know it's like, yeah. we got to tweak that. Okay. Well, and we've got to tweak it now. And we, yeah, exactly. And I'm going to make you know, make a change and then yeah. we're going to find a new way of doing that, but we're okay. still going to get there. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I'm finding quite a bit that's, you know, it's that change that he wants to set up a time and then we talk about it and figure out the next step where I'm just an action taker. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, you see the look of recognition. Yeah. Is any part of being a maverick related to the legacy you want to leave behind? Absolutely. What is the legacy? Legacy? Uh, I want to be known as someone that uh, changed so many people's lives and made a, a massive difference in the world in helping others and you know creating a powerful experience for them that uh, more people will know that uh, and you know whether it's me or someone else just to help to lead that change yeah you know and help to to drive people towards their real potential because there's so many people in this world you have no idea what it's they're been, truly it, capable of. It's surprising how many people I've it interviewed so who do this. surprising. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Yeah. This is an enlightening what I'm mm. learning. Um, okay, interesting, interesting. Some, some people have a legacy, some people have never even thought about it, but some mm. of them, it's it almost, I could, give, I could list you at least four people, right, who said practically verbatim what you just said. Yeah. Well, when I spoke at Mind Valley in, in the Hall of Awesomeness back in uh, last September, and you know I had an amazing experience where um, there was for one I finished speaking and I had people coming up to me and asking for my autograph. And yeah. That was the first thing I first time I'd ever had that yeah. happen to me. Like my autograph, really? Yeah, can you sign this? Of course, I can sign that. And it was just it was overwhelming in yeah. such a positive sense. Yeah. But then also having a couple of people come up to me and tell me about. Um, how this had made such an impact Pat on, on them. them, yeah. And my story, you know, the the short version was you know, talking about my journey from the corporate world and how mm. I took that leap into entrepreneurial, and it was about the failures that help us to grow mm. and you know failing towards your success and how to build those foundations in your life that help you in that growth mm. and then just to you know follow your true passion and align with something that really resonates with you powerfully. Exactly. And so I had a few people come up and say they were having struggles in their work and they wanted to do something different. They were very yep. passionate about it. And so I started chatting with them about that. And then another gentleman who actually was an intern at Mind Valley. And he uh, had come up to me and he said, oh, thank you so much for your talk. It was amazing. You know, you've, you've really made me think. And, you know, there's some big decisions I've been trying to make. And I don't know. I think I'm going to do it. And I was like, oh, okay. And, I, you know, I'd love to hear more about that. And then we had disconnected. And the next day, he comes up to me and says, I wanted to tell you that because of your talk last night, I quit university. 
I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What do you mean you quit university? And he, he says, well, I've been interning at Mind Valley. I've been doing really well with my work there. Um, but, you know, I, I really want to work full time for yeah. Mind Valley because that, to me, is something I'm very passionate yeah. about. And, and then he, um, you know, I said, well, I'll completely support you in that. He went and talked to Daniel, who he had been working directly with in his internship. And they together went and sat down with Vision and he got the full time job with with Mind Valley right after Wonderful. that. Wonderful. So to have made such an amazing, powerful yeah. impact in someone's life like yeah. that, that created this, you know, reciprocal change yeah. to in this step that he had taken, that leap of faith, you know, is that to me is a moment that really powerfully resonates with myself and then says to me that, okay, this is what you should be doing. And okay. you can change people's lives. And that's what I want to do is just help as many people as possible. I think you've actually answered my next question, but I'm going to ask you anyway in case there's anything you want to add yet. Is is how much of anything that you do is related to the give back, the pay it forward? Uh, 100%. It's a part of who I am. It's part of who I've always been. Mm -hmm. I come from a very loving, giving family of the heart of, Mm -hmm. uh, of everything. And so... For me, it's, you know, if, if I'm not doing that, I'm not doing a service to myself as much as I am to others, mm-hmm. um, because it's, I'm here to help push humanity forward as best I can, and, and help to serve others, and, you know, put a smile on someone's face in the day, and, yep. you know, I'm smiling all day long. Yep. <laughs> Works for me. Okay. Mavericks tend to be risk takers. What's the biggest risk you've taken in business to date? Um, I would probably go back to say that, you know, it was like this, this in business or just generally like from moving from the corporate world. I mean, I left a six figure job with a, a very large organization uh, and then came into having to build my own opportunities mm-hmm. in the entrepreneurial world. So that was a pretty massive risk. Okay. Um, and uh, as far as in you know, entrepreneurial ventures, biggest risk that I've taken is taking on a project uh, to build a facility of multi-million dollar capacity with a $50 million organization and taking ownership of that. Okay. It's a pretty massive risk because taking ownership of it means I have the responsibility On your and shoulders. I have to know that I am capable yeah. and that's when you, know, you bring in the right support and resources to make sure okay. you can. How many ventures have you undertaken in the past five years? In the past five years... Uh, what about 12? Okay. 12 to 15? 12 to 15. Yeah. What are the characteristics of a successful venture, Paul? Success according to Paul? I would say, um, you know, really to have the growth in the business. Mm-hmm. In those that you're, I mean, what a successful outcome in business. I mean, the definition of success for you is, yeah, is really dependent on the person themselves and the entrepreneur and those driving the business. So for me, I would say having it become uh, profitable to a sense where you can make that Mm -hmm. really solid difference. Okay. Um, So to have the reciprocal um, potential of more growth and to become self-sustained in mm-hmm. that venture so that it is you know, operating at a capacity where it's, uh, it can 
uh, be run by someone else and you can actually hand that off okay. so that you're capable of moving on to the next thing. Because as a maverick, as an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur per se as well, mm. um, you want to be capable of uh, building something that is going to be self-sustainable and then going to grow on its own when you hand it off and knowing that you can delegate that to mm. someone that can take it on and then you can move on to the next venture. Okay. Of the 12 to 15 ventures that you've had, according to the definition you've given me, how many of them were successful? Well, part of that goes along with, you know, finding that core vision and knowing what you have to let go of. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's going to be resistance that's going to come along if Mm -hmm. you take on each and every one of those ventures. And, you know, like the analogy of, you know, too many main dishes, you know, something's going to get burned. Um, You know, that's what I had to learn. So out of 12 to 15, I would say that... Um, you know, there were eight to ten that uh, were successful. Okay. What leads to successful execution of a venture for you? Uh, the right support, resources, delegation, uh, ensuring that you have things systemized and optimized in a way to be as efficient as you can be mm-hmm. and deliver on everything that you promise. Okay. Never to overpromise and deliver, but to truly commit to something and get it done okay. by that date uh, and fulfill those commitments to all the parties involved. Okay. What did you do that makes the venture successful? I put all of myself into it and so I commit each and every ounce of my being to, to making that successful. Whether it means I'm staying up for a couple of nights to, to put in extra time and work or I'm reaching out to resources to ensure that it gets done if okay. you know I can't capably do so um, you know making sure they fulfill all those commitments okay of the ones that were unsuccessful what would you consider was the main reason for their failure choice explain choice and elaborate most of them uh, most of them was a choice to let go of that venture because okay. I knew that it wasn't representative of you know what my my current path had been and you know making sure that everything was in alignment with that core vision okay as a maverick what are you afraid of uh as a maverick they're afraid of failure you know generally you know there's uh, there's always going to be a little bit of a fear of failure but knowing that uh when you do you know you're going to keep going yeah and okay. you're always going to be moving forward and that that failure can help you towards success in other ventures ventures yeah how important is team to you as a maverick? Highly important. Having the right people in the right place at the right time, on the right projects, and, and that are you know experts in their field or in that you know, providing that area of expertise okay. that's going to support the, the overall opportunity is key to its success. Do you draw upon other mavericks in any way? Absolutely. I have an amazing tribe of supporters and advisors mm-hmm. um, that I reach out to all the time and we just have general conversations about things that we're working on and support each other as best we can. It's, okay. it's what it's all about. It's my tribe. Okay. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, you're gonna, I think you're going to be interested in where I'm going with this after mm. then. How and where did you get your permission to be a maverick? I had to give permission to myself. Wonderful. Does your being a maverick affect your approach to leadership? Definitely. Um, I mean, to be a true maverick, you have to be a leader mm-hmm. uh, because you're trying to do things differently. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to do things differently, you have to show by example that that's the right path to take and others will follow. Wonderful. I think you've already answered this, but is being a maverick related to creativity and how? 
it's, uh, you know, being a maverick, I mean, allows me to be the creative, being creative feeds the maverick in me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that's the, the struggle that I had for many years being in the corporate world mm-hmm. is that I couldn't tap into that true creativity, there was always yeah. limits on it, okay. so it didn't allow me to, to really evolve into um, the maverick that I've been reaching for. Okay. What about innovation? How is being a maverick related to innovation? Well, you've got to be innovative to find, uh, you know, a new twist on things mm-hmm. and, a, and a way to make things successful when one way just might not work. Okay. And, um, you know, if those roadblocks come up and if it's just not, not happening, there's, you know, that's where the, the innovator comes in to, to put a tweak on something, find a new system, tool, uh, network support, advisor, someone to bring in to uh, make sure that it's successful. Okay. Are there any career decisions you regret as they relate to your potential as a maverick? Waiting so long to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> I kind of thought that one might turn up. <laughs> Mavericks tend to be learners. Mm-hmm. What are you a student of? Life. Is there anyone who's a maverick that inspires you? Uh, absolutely. Who jumped um, into your head when I said Vision Lakiani. Yeah. Who? Richard Branson. Yeah. Vision Lakiani. Vision Lakiani is the Yep, I know. Guy. I've got his name written down because I want to talk to you about him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Who is someone in your life that makes all the difference? Ah, makes all the difference. Would have to be, um, you know, my mum. Okay. Yeah, she she holds my heart and she gave me the gift of my heart and the reason that I am who I am is a lot to do with her. Wonderful. And the love that I share with the world and I base everything on, you know, the love of the world and everyone within it. So, you know, really that's, you know, someone who... Really is I think you'd get on really great with my mum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my mum's very spiritual Zen Hindu culture. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's amazing the conversations I have with her. Mm. What do you have to suffer because you're a maverick? Um, the struggles that you tend to have, you know, when you're, you're dealing with others who, who can't see from your eyes, who can't hear with your ears, who don't have that same vision for the, the way the world could be operating and yeah. how life truly could be for them as well as, as for others. Okay. Do you have to sacrifice anything because you're a maverick? Yeah. Um, my time, mm-hmm. which I'm very happy to do. Mm-hmm. Um, my energy, mm-hmm. which I'm very happy to do. But really, the word sacrifice for me is kind of a tricky word. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's not really a sacrifice. It's, yes, that's fine. It's a gift for me to be able to do what yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah. What motivates you as a maverick? I understand it's about knowing you've got these gifts mm-hmm. and you're trying to change the world and humanity. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add to that? I would say, you know, the love of humanity as well and others and okay and the possi- possibility to, to change others lives you know really driven by that um, and driven by knowing that this is what I'm truly meant to do and this is who I am yeah mm. do you like being a maverick love it yes is being a maverick a responsibility in any way absolutely it's part of who I am it's that I'm meant to take so I'm responsible to keep going on that journey and keep rocking life okay is being a maverick important and why absolutely we need the mavericks in the world otherwise otherwise what 
it would just be uniform and, uh, you know, everyone would be walking around like a bunch of ants and just, you know, gathering all yeah. the food and bringing it to the hill and no one would figure out that there's a, a better way to get there. Yeah. Or there might be something more delicious to eat or... Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Now you've done this interview, more or less, on a scale of 1 to 10, how maverick are you? What advice would you give to someone who feels they're a maverick, yeah, so that they can be the best possible maverick they can be? Like, you've given me some examples, like the kid who dropped out of uni, but mm. what would be, like, if you had to give somebody a piece of advice? Don't ever be afraid of taking chances and know that once you take that leap of faith, it can be amazing and beautiful on the other side of that wall that you've been looking at for so many years and know that you have some very powerful and profound gifts to share with this world. And if your inner guide and your inner compass is, your inner guide is speaking to you loudly and your inner compass is trying to guide you there, you've got to listen, you've got to follow. And once you do, you'll realize there was a reason for all of that. And when you can hear, you will know that you truly can achieve if you do believe on what you can conceive of and then eventually you'll start to receive. Thank you. What and how do you promote other people to be mavericks? Uh, by sharing the work that I'm doing mm -hmm. and the successes that I've had and how my life has changed dramatically because of that mm -hmm. and sharing my story as much as possible because it can help others to see the possibility of where they could be in their lives and the direction that they may be able to take in their journey. And, and that there are other ways. What's your biggest ambition right now? Uh, spreading the, the work that I'm doing around the world and traveling even more, which I'm excited to be doing over the next couple of months, and mm -hmm. traveling around Southeast Asia and Australia and, and going on a tour mm -hmm. and continuing that growth. Mm -hmm. Life at 80, what does it look like? Oh, it's going to be a beautiful beach with the, the ocean rolling in and uh, I'm going to be relaxing with with my my wife and uh, just enjoying every single moment and soaking it up and and, and knowing that uh, you know I've made such a difference in the world that um, I've got many charities that you know I've been involved in or that I run myself and uh, I've got great teams behind me that have continued to build and grow business that is, is helping to, to make the world a better place and to change people's lives. Okay. If you wanted to do something different, you weren't doing what you do now, mm. what would it be? Hmm. I would be... That's funny that the first thing that comes to my mind is... Uh, is jumping out of an airplane in a squirrel suit, in a flight suit. Fair enough. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> if you could have a superhero power, what would that be? Oh, the choice. Oh, the choice. Decision. This. I've struggled with this decision for a while, and I've had this conversation before. But I really think that um, there's something about flying for me, you know, that if I could only choose one, just having that power of flight... Just being in the open air mm. and just being so free, you know, to, to be in any part of the world at any time if anyone needs me. Mm. That if, if my flight, and I see my flight as being very, very fast, by the mm. way. I yeah. Rocket. <laughs> so, yeah. So that way With I your level of energy, honey, we yeah. weren't going to go slow, were we? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. What do you do for fun? 
Oh, I exercise, I rollerblade the seawall, I go out and I dance, um, I climb everything in my environment, I, um, I, I love to go camping, snowboarding, hiking, okay. very active. Okay. Final question. What would you like to have been asked that I haven't asked you? Mm. If anything. How do you serve yourself? Love it. Mm. I'll include that. Hence, you can see my interview mm. list gets longer. So, Because as an entrepreneur, as a maverick, as someone that does this sort of work, it's very important that you're serving yourself in a way that um, is going to allow you to grow more, which effectively will grow your business. So okay. I serve myself through meditation every single day, uh, twice a day at a minimum exercise and fitness, health and wellness, and, uh, nutrition, and um, you know, taking time of solitude and time to connect with myself and doing a lot of personal growth as well. Okay. Awesome. Awesome.